0: 22. Itania. Pompones Mela. The geographer of the time of the Emperor Claudius. Describes them as having been, Monumentum Commune Regi Gentis. Cili Madrason, Rapport fait par enli grand rabbi Nagy. Constantine 1873 Memoir sur le fouillé's execute so madrasan. Parli Colonel Brunhoen. Constantine L. 873. Dumazolis Africains. Le Madrasen et Le Tombo di Locredian Par Nj D Tours L 874 Le Tombo Dilokredian Mazo Ali Dira was Moronians par M BRBRUGIR Alger 1867. I am indebted to M. Le Blanc, of the Institute, and M. Lug, Elianani, of the institute, for having first pointed out to me the resemblance between these monuments, while I'm Heron de Valfassi of the Lunfer was kind enough to place the above Metal on rare works at my disposal. Leonardo's observations on the coast of Africa are given later in this work. The Herodium near Bethlehem in Palestine Jebel Elf the Frank Mountain was, according to the latest researches, constructed on a very similar plan. See Der Frankenberg, von Bauer of Schick in Jerusalem, Zietriff de Deutsch in Palestine Marines, Leipzig 1880. Volume II, pages 88, 99, and plates IV and studies for the central tower or Tiberio of Milan Cathedral. Towards the end of the 15th century, the Fabric Seria del Duomo had to settle on the choice of a model for the crowning and central part of this vast building. We we'll learn from a notice published by G.L. Calvi footnote G.L. Calvi notizie solamente solo per di i principali architetti scultori e pittori ce fiori rona in Milano. Part III 20. See also, HDGY and Primitives etc. I. 37 and 116, The fabric seria of the Duomo has lately begun the publication of the archives, which may possibly tell us more about the part taken by Leonardo, than has hitherto been known, that among the artists who presented models in the year 1488 were Brimondi, Pietro Diego Gonzola, Luca Papirio Fancelli, and Leonardo D.A. Vinci. Several sketches by Leonardo refer to this important project, place X.C.I.X. Number 2 is ask Number 36 A small plan of the whole edifice. The projecting chapels in the middle of the transept are wanting here. The nave appears to be shortened and seems to be approached by an inner, vestibolo. Place C number 2 TR. 21. Plan of the Octagon Tower giving the disposition of the buttresses, starting from the eight pillars adjoining the four principal piers and intended to support the eight angles of the burial, These buttresses correspond exactly with those described by Bramondi as existing in the model presented by Omodio. Footnote: Bramondi's opinion was first published by G. Mungerl. Arch. Store. Lam. V. Fask, 3 and afterwards by me in the publication mentioned in the preceding note. Place C. 3 is Tr. 16 two plans showing different arrangements of the buttresses, which seem to be formed partly by the intersection of a system of pointed arches such as that seen in place C number 5 NISB 27A Destined to give a broader base to the drum, the text underneath is given under number 788. NISB 3 3 Slight sketches of plans in connection with the preceding ones. Place X C I X. No. 1 NISTR. 15 contains several small sketches of sections and exterior views of the dome, some of them show buttress walls shaped as inverted arches. Respecting these Leonardo notes, 758. El co e migliore per fair stalice l'ordinario. Perciel trovasato southeast muro resus dadi al sua deboleza. Il ordinario no trovanel suo debole southeast monaria. The inverted arch is better for giving a shoulder than the ordinary one. Because the former finds below it a wall resisting its weakness whilst the latter finds in its weak part nothing but air, footnote, three slight sketches of sections on the same leaf above those reproduced here are more closely connected with the large drawing in the center of place c number 4 meters str, 41 which shows a section of a very elevated dome, with double vaults, connected by ribs and buttresses ingeniously disposed, so as to bring the weight of the lantern to bear on the base of the dome, a sketch underneath it shows a round pillar on which is indicated which part of its summit is to bear the weight, I.L.P. Lastro Seracuraco in A.B. The column will bear the weight at A.B. Another note is above on the right side, L.A.R.C. tanto Sato Sado. Ascombe Sopra Southeast the arch supports as much below it i.e. a hanging weight as above it. Place scene number 1 CA 303A. Larger sketch of half section of the dome, with a very complicated system of arches, and a double vault. Each dome is shaped so as to be knit or dovetailed to its neighbors. Thus the inside of the dome cannot be seen from below. Miss CA 303B. A repetition of the preceding sketch with very slight modifications. Figures 1. And figure 2. Two skittiches of the dome is TR. 9C figure 1 and 2. Section of the dome with reverted buttresses between the windows. Above which iron anchors or chains seem to be intended. Below is the sketch of the outside. I. XCIX. Number 3 CA 262A4 sketches of the exterior of the dome. CA 12. Section. Showing the points of rupture of a gothic vault. In evident connection with the sketches described above. It deserves to be noticed how easily and apparently without effort. Leonardo manages to combine gothic details and structure with the more modern shape of the dome. The following notes are on the same leaf. Polonicosa Poderosa and Oonicosa Poderosa Decidera Descender, farther below. Several multiplications most likely intended to calculate the weight of some parts of the dome, thus 16 x 47 720, 720 x 800 000, next to which is written, Peso del Pilastro D9 test a weight of the pillar 9 diameters high, below, 176,000 x 8 1,408,000, and below, Semgio Southeast C 80, Peso del Tiberio 6,680 the weight of the dome. Bossi hazarded the theory that Leonardo might have been the architect who built the church of S.E.A. Maria del Grazie, but there is no evidence to support this, either in documents or in the materials supplied by Leonardo's manuscripts and drawings. The sketch given at the side shows the arrangement of the second and third socle on the apses of the choir of that church. And it is remarkable that those sketches, in Nizask M I2, to A and I B, occur with the passage given in volume I as number 665 and 666 referring to the composition of the last supper in the refectory of that church, f. The project for lifting up the batistoral of Florence and setting it on a basement, among the very few details Vasari gives as to the architectural studies of Leonardo, we read. And among these models and designs there was one by way of which he showed several times to many ingenious citizens who then governed Florence, his readiness to lift up without ruining it, the church of San Giovanni in Florence the Battistero, opposite the Duomo in order to place under it the missing basement with steps, he supported his assertions with reasons so persuasive, that while he spoke the undertaking seemed feasible, although every one of his hearers, when he had departed could see by himself the impossibility of so vast an undertaking. Footnote, this latter statement of the Tsaris must be considered to be exaggerated. I may refer here to some data given by Libri. Historia de Sciences Mathematiques Sanateli I. 216. 217. On crude and C.S. Dernier's temps faire en miracle and mécanique and effectuant transport. Et se 1455. Gasperd Nadi and Aristote de Fiorbantiova and Transport, on distance considerable. La tour de la Magione de Bologna, avec ces fondements, qui avait prescrit par vinges pides de Le continué de la de Pugliela dit que le fut de 35 pides et que and li transport a chronicur le chronique referme à voir I'll arrive un accident grave qui fait pencher de trois pides la tour pendant que suspendu. Maze Q set accident Food prompt aim and repair moratory. Scriptors rare. Deal Tom. XVI. Call. 717. 718. LADOC report on noto unity ran comp transport of et on rare simplicite. Daper set note. On Void Q operations D C E John net and ponu Celicii Northeast Cuda Q 150 Livres Monadolers Y Compres Le Cadia Q Fit Ox ox 2 Mechanicians. Danzla Lum MNE. Baristo Closure decento. Cento. Keepench 8D Plus D Sync Pieds Alidosi. In Page 188 moratory Scriptors Rare. Eel. Tom. XXII. Call. 888. Bossi. Chronic Medial. 1492. In full, A.D.N. 1455. On Northeast Concoit.com and let historians de Beaux-Arts TPU D.T.L.S. Homs, J.P.R. in the Missy 293. There are two sketches which possibly might have a bearing on this bold enterprise. We find there a plan of a circular or polygonal edifice surrounded by semicircular arches in an oblique position. These may be taken for the foundation of the steps and of the new platform. In the perspective elevation the same edifice, forming a polygon, is shown as lifted up and resting on a circle of inverted arches which rest on another circle of arches in the ordinary position, but so placed that the inverted arches above rest on the spandrels of the lower range. What seems to confirm the supposition that the lifting up of a building is here in question, is the indication of engines for winding up, such as jacks, and a rack and wheel as the lifting apparatus represented on this sheet does not seem particularly applicable to an undertaking of such magnitude, we may consider it to be a first sketch or scheme for the engines to be used. G. Description of an unknown temple. 759. Twelve flights of steps led up to the great temple, which was 800 brassia in circumference and built on an octagonal plan. At the eight corners were eight large plinths, one brassia and a half high, and three wide and six long at the bottom, with an angle in the middle, on these were eight great pillars, standing on the plinths as a foundation, and twenty-four brassia high, and on the top of these were eight capitals three brassia long and six wide, above which were the architrave frieze and cornice, four brassia and a half high, and this was carried on in a straight line from one pillar to the next and so, continuing for eight hundred brassia, surrounded the whole temple, from pillar to pillar, To support this entablature there were ten large columns of the same height as the pillars, three brassia thick above their bases which were one brassia and a half high. The ascent to this temple was by twelve flights of steps, and the temple was on the twelfth, of an octagonal form, and at each angle rose a large pillar, and between the pillars were placed ten columns of the same height as the pillars, rising at once from the pavement to a height of twenty-eight brassia and a half, and at this height the architrave. Frieze and cornice were placed which surrounded the temple having a length of 800 brassia, at the same height, and within the temple at the same level, and all round the center of the temple at a distance of 24 brassia farther in are pillars corresponding to the eight pillars in the angles, and columns corresponding to those placed in the outer spaces, these rise to the same height as the former ones, and over these the continuous architrave returns towards the outer row of pillars and columns, footnote, either this description is incomplete, or, as seems to me highly probable, it refers to some ruin, the enormous dimensions forbid our supposing this to be any temple in Italy or Greece, Syria was the native land of colossal octagonal buildings, in the early centuries AD the temple of Balbec and others are even larger than that here described, J.P.R.V. Palace architecture, but a small number of Leonardo's drawings refer to the architecture of palaces, and our knowledge is small as to what style Leonardo might have adopted for such buildings. Place C I number 1 W.X.V.I.I. A small portion of a facade of a palace in two stories. Somewhat resembling Alberti's Palazzo Russella. Compare with this Bramante's painted front of the Casa Silvestri. And a painting by Montorfano in San Pietro in Gessate at Milan. Thorough chapel on the left hand side and also with Bramante's palaces at Rome. The pilasters with arabesques. The rustic between them, and the figures over the window may be painted or in scroffito. The original is drawn in red chalk. Place alex sign number one is tr. 42. Sketch of a palace with battlements and decorations. Most likely graffiti, the details remind us of those in the Castello at Vigervano. Footnote 1, Count Giulio Poro, In his valuable contribution to the Archivio Storico Lombardo, an OVII task. IV 31 December 1881, Leonardo di Vinci. Libro di Annotazione e Memori, refers to this in the following note, Alla Pag. 41 vi you Nocizo know, di ed Akantos Chris, Pilastro in su Potreba Darcy che si for cupola della chisa del Grazie tanto piu Pag. 42 VIE undisegnoce on esterna del di de chisa. This may however be doubted. The drawing, here referred to, on page 41 of the same manuscript, is reproduced on place C number 4 and described on page 61 as being a study for the cupola of the Duomo of Milan. J.P.R. 0, contains a design for a palace or house with a loggia in the middle of the first story. Over which rises an attic with a pediment reproduced on page 67. The details drawn close by on the left seem to indicate an arrangement of coupled columns against the wall of a first story. Place LXXXV number 14 is SKML 79A contains a very slight sketch in red chalk, which most probably is intended to represent the facade of a palace. Inside is the short note 777 7, and 7. Ms. j 2 AC pages 68 figure 1 and 2 contains a view of an unknown palace. Its plan is indicated at the side. In Ms. m R. M126 AC figure 3 on page 68 there is a sketch of a house. On which Leonardo notes, cause a Contra house with three terraces. Place CX. Number 4 Ms. L36B represents the front of a fortified building drawn at Chesena in 1502C number 1040. Here we may also mention the singular building in the allegorical composition represented on place LVIII in volume I in front of it appears the head of a sphinx or of a dragon which seems to be carrying the palace away. The following texts refer to the construction of palaces and other buildings destined for private use, 760. In the courtyard the walls must be half the height of its width, that is if the court be 40 brassia, the house must be 20 high as regards the walls of the said courtyard and this courtyard must be half as wide as the whole front, footnote, c place ci, number 1, and compare the dimensions here given, with number 748 lines twenty-six twenty-nine, and the drawing belonging to it place l x x x i, number 2, on the dispositions of a stable, 761, for making a clean stable, the manner in which one must arrange a stable, you must first divide its width in three parts, its depth matters not, and let these three divisions be equal and six brassia broad for each part and ten high. And the middle part shall be for the use of the stablemasters; the two side ones for the horses, each of which must be six brassia in width and six in length, and be half a broad shall higher at the head than behind. Let the manger be a two brassia from the ground, to the bottom of the rack, three brassia, and the top of it four brassia. Now, in order to attain to what I promise, that is to make this place, contrary to the general custom, clean and neat, as to the upper part of the stable, I where the hay island that part must have at its outer end a window six brassia high and six broad, through which by simple means the hay is brought up to the loft, as is shown by the machine, and let this be erected in a place six brassia wide, and as long as the stable, as seen at K.P., the other two parts, which are on either side of this, are again divided, those nearest to the hay loft are four brassia, p.s. and only for the use and circulation of the servants belonging to the stable, the other two which reach to the outer walls are to brassia, as seen at S.K. and these are made for the purpose of giving hay to the mangers, by means of funnels, narrow at the top and wide over the manger, in order that the hay should not choke them, they must be well plastered and clean and are represented at four f.s. as to the giving the horses water, the troughs must be of stone and above them cisterns of water, the mangers may be opened as boxes are uncovered by raising the lids. Decorations for Feasts. 762. The way to construct a framework for decorating buildings. The way in which the poles ought to be placed for tying bunches of juniper onto them. These poles must lie close to the framework of the vaulting and tie the bunches on with osier wives, so as to clip them even afterwards with shears. Let the distance from one circle to another be half a brassia, and the juniper sprigs must lie top downwards, beginning from below. Round this column tie four poles to which willows about as thick as a finger must be nailed and then begin from the bottom and work upwards with bunches of juniper sprigs. The tops downwards, that is upside down. Footnote, C place C I I. Number 3. The words here given as the title line. Lines 1 4 are the last in the original mislines 516 are written under figure 4. 763. The water should be allowed to fall from the whole circle. A B footnote, other drawings of fountains are given on place C. I. W. X. X. The original is a pen and ink drawing on blue paper, on place B and place VI. Studies of architectural details. Several of Leonardo's drawings of architectural details prove that like other great masters of that period, he had devoted his attention to the study of the proportion of such details, as every organic being in nature has its law of construction and growth. These masters endeavored, each in his way, to discover and prove a law of proportion in architecture. The following notes in Leonardo's manuscripts refer to this subject. Ms. S. K. Amill, 47 B.C. Figure 1, A Diagram Indicating the rules as given by the Truvius and by Leon Batiste to Alberti for the proportions of the etic base of a column. Ms. 55 A. C. Figure 2. Diagram showing the same rules. 764. B. Toro Superior. Toro Superior to B. nestroli. Astragali Quadra 3 B. Orbiculo. Trocli four B. nestroli. Astragali Quadra 5 B. Toro I. Ferior. Toro I. 6 B. Latestro. Plental footnote, no explanation can be authored of the meaning of the letter B which precedes each name. It may be meant for bossa base. Perhaps it refers to some author on architecture or an architect Bramondi, who employed the designations, thus marked for the moldings. 3. Philander, Phylander, shift. Trocalia Rishanum. 6. Later Caliz or latestrum is the Latin name for Plinthus Philanda X IV but Vitruvius adopted this Greek name and, Latestro, seems to have been little in use. It is to be found besides the text given above, as far as I am aware, only to drawings of the Uffizi collection, where in one instance, it indicates the abacus of the Doric capital, 765. Steps of URRBINO the plinth must be as broad as the thickness of the wall against which the plinth is built. Footnote, C Place CX Number 3. The hasty sketch on the right-hand side illustrates the unsatisfactory effect produced when the plinth is narrower than the wall. 766. The ancient architects, beginning with the Egyptians, who, as Diodorus Siculus writes, were the first to build and construct large cities and castles, public and private buildings of fine form, large and well proportioned. The column, which has its thickness at the third part, the one which would be thinnest in the middle, would break dot, the one which is of equal thickness and of equal strength, is better for the edifice, the second best as to the usefulness will be the one whose greatest thickness is where it joins with the base, footnote, c place CII. number 3, where the sketches belonging to lines 1016 are reproduced, but reversed, the sketch of columns, here reproduced by a woodcut, stands in the original close to lines 5 8. The capital must be formed in this way. Divide its thickness at the top into eight, at the foot make it five seven. And let it be five seven high and you will have a square. Afterwards divide the height into eight parts as you did for the column. And then take one eight for the echinus and another eight for the thickness of the abacus on the top of the capital. The horns of the abacus of the capital have to project beyond the greatest width of the bell to seven, i.e. sevenths of the top of the bell. So one seven falls to the projection of each horn the truncated part of the horns must be as broad as it is high, I leave the rest, that is the ornaments, to the taste of the sculptors, but to return to the columns and in order to prove the reason of their strength or weakness according to their shape, I say that when the lines starting from the summit of the column and ending at its base and their direction and length, their distance apart or width may be equal, I say that this column, 767, The cylinder of a body columnar in shape and its two opposite ends are two circles enclosed between parallel lines, and through the center of the cylinder is a straight line, ending at the center of these circles, and called by the ancients the axis. Footnote, Leonardo wrote these lines on the margin of a page of the Trattato di Francesco di Giorgio, where there are several drawings of columns, as well as a head drawn in profile inside an outline sketch of a capital. 768. A B is 1-3 of N M M O M-O is 1-6 of ORO the ovolo projects 1-6 of ORO, 7 one, five of ORO is divided into 9-1-2, the abacus is 3-9 the ovolo The bead molding and the fillet 29 9 and 1-2. Place L-X-X-X-B number 6 Nizash. ii i 6 b contains a small sketch of a capital with the following note. Written in three lines, I Corni del Capitilo diano essere lo cuore quadro, quadro The horns of a capital must measure the fourth part of a square. Ms. i 72b contains two sketches of ornamentations of windows. In Ms. C. A. 308a, 938ac place line number 1 there are several sketches of columns. One of the two columns on the right is similar to those employed by Bramondi at the Canonica di S. Ambrogio. The same columns appear in the sketch underneath the plan of a castle. There they appear coupled, and in two stories one above the other. The archivals which seem to spring out of the columns, are shaped like twisted cords, meant perhaps to be twisted branches. The walls between the columns seem to be formed out of blocks of wood. The pedestals are ornamented with a reticulated pattern. From all this we may suppose that Leonardo here had in mind either some festive decoration, or perhaps a pavilion for some hunting place or park. The sketch of columns marked 35 gives an example of columns shaped like candelabra, a form often employed at that time, particularly in Milan and the surrounding districts, for instance, in the Cortile di Casa Castiglione, now Silvestre, in the Cathedral of Como, at Porta della Rana, and c. 769. Concerning architraves of 1OR, several pieces an architrave of several pieces is stronger than that of one single piece. If those pieces are placed with their length in the direction of the center of the world, this is proved because stones have their grain or fiber generated in the contrary direction i.e. in the direction of the opposite horizons of the hemisphere. And this is contrary to fibers of the plants which have. The proportions of the stories of a building are indicated by a sketch in Ms. S. K. M. I. 211 B. C. Place L. X. 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 V. number 15. The measures are written on the left side. As follows, BR112634BR1122BR912112BR50903BR Brasia, Place LXXXB number 13 MISB62A and place XCII number 1. MISB15A give a few examples of orches supported on piers. xii Theoretical writings on architecture. Leonardo's original writings on the theory of architecture have come down to us only in a fragmentary state, still, there seems to be no doubt that he himself did not complete them. It would seem that Leonardo entertained the idea of writing a large and connected book on architecture, and it is quite evident that the materials we possess, which can be proved to have been written at different periods, were denoted down with a more or less definite aim and purpose. They might all be collected under the one title. Studies on the strength of materials. Among them, the investigations on the subject of fissures in walls are particularly thorough and very fully reported. These passages are also especially interesting because Leonardo was certainly the first writer on architecture who ever treated the subject at all. Here, as in all other cases, Leonardo carefully avoids all abstract argument. His data are not derived from the principles of algebra but from the laws of mechanics and his method throughout is strictly experimental, though the conclusions drawn from his investigations may not have that precision which we are accustomed to find in Leonardo's scientific labors, their interest is not lessened, they prove at any rate his deep sagacity and wonderfully clear mind, no one perhaps, who has studied these questions since Leonardo, has combined with a scientific mind anything like the artistic delicacy of perception which gives interest and lucidity to his observations. I do not assert that the arrangement here adopted for the passages in question is that originally intended by Leonardo, but their distribution into five groups was suggested by the titles, or headings, which Leonardo himself prefixed to most of these notes. Some of the longer sections perhaps should not, to be in strict agreement with this division, have been reproduced in their entirety in the place where they occur, but the comparatively small amount of the materials we possess will render them, even so. Sufficiently intelligible to the reader, it did not therefore seem necessary or desirable to subdivide the passages merely for the sake of strict classification. The small number of chapters given under the fifth class, treating on the center of gravity in roof beams, bears no proportion to the number of drawings and studies which refer to the same subject. Only a small selection of these are reproduced in this work since the majority have no explanatory text. Ion Fissures in Walls. 770. First write the treatise on the causes of the giving way of walls and then, separately, treat of the remedies. Parallel fissures constantly occur in buildings which are erected on a hillside. When the hill is composed of stratified rocks with an oblique stratification, because water and other moisture often penetrates these oblique seams carrying in greasy and slippery soil, and as the strata are not continuous down to the bottom of the valley, the rocks slide in the direction of the slope and the motion does not cease till they have reached the bottom of the valley, carrying with them, as though in a boat, that portion of the building which is separated by them from the rest. The remedy for this is always to build thick piers under the wall which is slipping, with arches from one to another, and with a good scarp and let the piers have a firm foundation in the stratus so that they may not break away from them. In order to find the solid part of these stratus, it is necessary to make a shaft at the foot of the wall of great depth through the stratus, And in this shaft, on the side from which the hill slopes, smooth and flatten a space one palm wide from the top to the bottom, and after some time this smooth portion made on the side of the shaft, will show plainly which part of the hill is moving. 771. The cracks in walls will never be parallel unless the part of the wall that separates from the remainder does not slip down. What is the law by which buildings have stability? The stability of buildings is the result of the contrary law to the two former cases. That is to say that the walls must be all built up equally, and by degrees, to equal heights all round the building, and the whole thickness at once, whatever kind of walls they may be, and although a thin wall dries more quickly than a thick one it will not necessarily give way under the added weight day by day and thus, although a thin wall dries more quickly than a thick one, it will not give way under the weight which the latter may acquire from day to day, because if double the amount of it dries in one day. One of double the thickness will dry in two days or thereabouts, thus the small addition of weight will be balanced by the smaller difference of time. The adversary says that which projects, slips down, and here the adversary says that slips and not. How to prognosticate the causes of cracks in any sort of wall? The part of the wall which does not slip is that in which the obliquity projects and overhems the portion which has parted from it and slipped down. On the situation of foundations and in what places they are a cause of ruin. When the crevice in the wall is wider at the top than at the bottom. It is a manifest sign. That the cause of the fishery in the wall is remote from the perpendicular line through the crevice. Footnote. Lines 1 5 refer to place cv. Number 2. Line 9. Ali do and the cd. See on the same page. Lines 16 18. The translation of this is doubtful. And the meaning in any case very obscure. Lines 1923 are on the right-hand margin close to the two sketches on place C.I.I., number 3, 772, of cracks in walls, which are wide at the bottom and narrow at the top end of their causes, that wall which does not dry uniformly in an equal time, always cracks, a wall though of equal thickness will not dry with equal quickness if it is not everywhere in contact with the same medium, thus. If one side of the wall were in contact with a damp slope and the other were in contact with the air, then this latter side would remain of the same size as before, that side which dries in the air will shrink or diminish and the side which is kept damp will not dry, and the dry portion will break away readily from the damp portion because the damp part not shrinking in the same proportion does not cohere and follow the movement of the part which dries continuously, of arched cracks, wide at the top, and narrow below. Arched cracks, wide at the top and narrow below are found in walled up doors, which shrink more in their height than in their breadth, and in proportion as their height is greater than their width, and as the joints of the mortar are more numerous in the height than in the width, the crack diminishes less in R O than in m and in proportion as there is less material between and than between and, any crack made.